0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for the final hour solo, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at A-R-O-N-88. And check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Still time to jump in. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is littered with excellent content. We got a preseason closer report from Sean Childs. We also have his breakout hitter for the season. I have a look at five pitchers going after ADP 300. Five offensive players that you can get late in drafts. My rankings, which were number two. In Fantasy Pro's draft accuracy rankings last year, they're updated continuously. Someone just asked me on Twitter today. I update them every single day as news breaks. So make sure you, if you're going to use them for your draft, wait till the last second, print it out, and take it to your draft because there will be changes. Made a couple moves today. I anticipate making some more either tonight or tomorrow uh, because I have my auction draft. Uh, But my preseason pro picks are up. Uh, you can get my rankings on a lot more. Of course, if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums, whether it's keepers, trades, waiver wire pickups. Uh, season is almost here. We'll help you throughout the season. We have our free agency off-season player movement for the NFL as well. You can check that out. In-depth team previews from Dr. Ruddle. His latest is a look at the Mets, scoutdfs.com, and a lot more. We'll have Steve Renner from Scout DFS coming up. In the next segment, we'll preview the night and NBA DFS, and of course, we'll talk baseball here. And uh, we got a caller on the line. Let's go to Adam in LA. Hey, Adam. Thanks for taking the call. No problem, man. What's up? I need some help with pitching strategy for a
2: 14-team uh, OBP head-to-head league, and I've got the fourth pick in the draft. I'm trying to figure out if I don't take Scherzer in the first round with the fir- with the fourth pick. By the time it gets back to me, you know. I'm going to be picking from Corbin for my first pitcher. And I'm curious how I set up a starting pitcher strategy, given that the league is so pitching heavy.
1: Yeah, and I understand in head-to-head leagues, people kind of overvalue the pitching a little bit, in my opinion. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, You know, everyone else is going to be in a similar situation. And if there are going to be teams that take two pitchers with the first two picks, you just go the other way and you build your offense. There are plenty of good pitchers that you can get later on. Just remember, look at some of the pitchers that are going early in drafts right now. And remember where they went last year. Trevor Bauer was going on 8th, ninth round last year. Walker Buehler, reserve rounds. Blake Snell, middle of the draft. So, Mike Clevenger was going in the double-digit rounds. Corbin, even. Tyon was going double-digit rounds. Flaherty, reserve rounds. So, these are pitchers that are going in the top 15 now. So, what you need to do is just find who those guys are. And I know it's easier said than done, but there's a lot of guys going – Uh, later on that I think have good chances to break into that top 15, top 20. So I wouldn't worry about it. If you're set on taking a hitter and you want to pass on Max Scherz, I have no problem with it. And just don't reach on those pitchers. It doesn't mean you have to take one with your second and third round pick. If you want to build your offense and then pluck the pitching later on, you can do that. So I think the, the main goal here is just don't panic and don't feel like, oh, they have a pitcher and I don't have anything, you know, don't worry about it. You just don't want to overpay. And if you have that mentality that you have now, you're going to wind up overpaying for someone. So if you come come away the first three rounds without a pitcher, I don't think it's a big deal. And especially it's head-to-head too. Remember, you know, some of these aces, they're only going to give you one start in a given week. And if that start is mediocre, they're really not helping you that week. So I wouldn't panic. Just make sure, and I'm assuming you know the player pool well, And look at a lot of those pitchers in the middle rounds that really could exceed value. And what you can do, if you do go in the direction of building your offense early, and I've done this in drafts, is I'm just hammering pitching in the middle rounds. And yes, a couple of those guys are not going to work out. But I just gave you a few guys last year. Like, I was all over Trevor Bauer last year. I wrote an article on our site saying, you know, this is going to be the year he goes 200 innings, 200 Ks. He got to 200 Ks easy. He didn't get to 200 innings because he got hit by a comebacker. But he had 175 innings. So Clevenger was another guy I was all over last year. Uh, got Walker Bueller in the reserve rounds. So there's plenty of pitchers that you need to find late. So don't panic. If you don't like Patrick Corbin and you don't feel he's someone you want in the late second round, pass on him. Don't reach for him. You don't have to get a ton of pitching early. I know a lot of people are saying that this year. You don't have to. You can win in other ways. So don't focus on that if you feel like, you're reaching for those guys. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem. And I think, you know, that's a very important lesson this year because a lot of people are talking about it. I think now in the industry more than ever, and this has been going on in the high stakes leagues in the NFBC for the last several years where pitching is just pushed up the board and more valuable there. And now it's filtered into industry leagues. And I generally do get one pitcher in the first three rounds. I don't have to. I almost did not do it in tout because there were some good bats on the board. But I wound up taking Carlos Carrasco at pick 32 as my first pitcher. I had the second pick, so I went Betts, Lindor, Carrasco. But then I waited. You know, I didn't get another pitcher until, like, round nine, and it was Luis Castillo, who I like, I don't love. I mean, he had a great second half last year. The changeup is great. The fastball has got to be popping for him, though. He's got to be throwing 96 with that fastball in order for that changeup to be effective. And there's some issues in that park, obviously. In Cincinnati, it's a good park for hitters. But then, you know, I got Cole Hamels, who to me is a very reliable veteran pitcher. He's not sexy. He's not going to break out. But I think he has a high floor. And, uh, you know, then I just took a lot of shots on pitchers. Got Nate Eovaldi, Uh Got... I think I got Colin McHugh in that league, too, although I see he didn't pitch well today. But, you know, he's been battling this back injury, so hopefully it's fine. I think he's got a pretty good shot in the rotation. So I think that's what you need to do. if you, And in head-to-head leagues, man, people really push up the pitching more. I think they overvalue it too much. And I played in head-to-head points leagues for years. I'm not doing one this year. But people really pushed up the pitching. And I would always build my outfits and – Figure out the pitching. You know, I would try to obviously get one good arm maybe in the first five rounds. Doesn't necessarily have to be the first three. But the, the the point here is just know the player pool. You know, just know the pitchers that you want to hit on late on. Because a lot of these top 15 pitchers, we know several of them are not going to pan out. Whether they get injured or they're just not as good as we thought. So don't have it in your mind that, oh, I have to get a pitcher here or my team's going to be bad. There's also trading in those leagues I'm assuming if you're talking a home league you can trade and especially if you build a dominant offense early on it's going to give you excess and the middle to later rounds are key you know finding these players late so I know there's such a focus early on because it is important to develop a big base a good base early on but there's a lot of arms late that can break out and the key is to find those guys and make sure they're on your team and uh, we have plenty of content over at ScoutFantasySports.com to help you and try and figure out who those guys are. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I was able to land a lot of those guys last year. Uh, they were And they were higher up in my rankings. So uh, I'm pretty sure Trevor Bauer was probably had him higher than most. Again, I don't really know where everyone else had him. But, you know, when I look at the Final Fantasy Pros gap uh, 80, uh, of ADP of where they're ranked, I know I was very high on Bauer last year. Had him ranked pretty high. He was one of the guys that helped me. I know Blake Trina was someone I was very high on compared to the rest. So uh, you can go over to ScoutFantasySports.com, check out my rankings, and see where uh, I'm maybe a little bit higher compared to uh, other people. Uh, Let's take a look at some news. Clayton Kershaw threw a bullpen session today. He threw 31 pitches. No curveballs for him. Uh, they have not said exactly what's going to be next, but I cannot see him being ready for opening day. I know they haven't ruled him out, but I wouldn't expect him to be ready. And, you know, obviously this is a little bit more optimistic than some of the other pitchers that are injured right now. I still do not have Clayton Kershaw in my top 20. Uh, very interested to see where he goes in the auction tonight. Uh, I'm probably not going to pay for him. I just worry that this is something that can last and this is a team that is going to be very cautious with him. They have pitching depth. There's no need to push him. And, you know, I could see it. Any sign of any type of soreness during the year, they're going to say, you know what, we'll sit him out. We'll put him on the DL. So that's really the biggest thing for me with Kershaw is I feel like he is going to be someone that requires a lot of maintenance this year and you're not going to know, especially in a weekly league, there are going to be some weeks you don't know if he's going to start. Because they're going to be like, yeah, I felt some soreness. And, uh, you know, he's questionable for Tuesday start. You're not going to know if he's going to be out there. So that's really the biggest problem. And there, he might turn out to pitch 150 innings this year at the same level he did last year. But that's the other thing I think people are not talking about. People are assuming, okay, when Kershaw's out on the mound, he's going to give us great innings. How do we know that? How do we know that this is not going to be a problem? The shoulders bothering him, the back. I'm not so sure that we get the same Top-notch Kershaw. So that's a concern for me as well. We don't know if he's going to be on the mound. I don't know if the performance is going to be the same. Because we did see a little bit of a drop-off last year. The numbers were still very good. But we saw a dip in strikeouts. And uh, just the frustration of Kershaw, to me, is going to be the biggest biggest issue. So, you know, we've seen him go fifth, sixth round. And, uh, again, too early for me. I don't want to start the season with someone that, I know is already a risk. And you could say, well, you did that with Francisco Lindor and Tout Ors. Yes, I did. But uh, I don't think Lindor is that far off. In fact, uh, he's going to play three innings in a B game today. Now, he's not running at full speed, but he's jogging. He's fielding grounders, and he's swinging with no problem. So he might miss a week, two weeks, and maybe he doesn't run early on. But Lindor is a player that is generally going late first round, early second, and I was able to get him pick 29. That's where I'm going to take a shot because that pick, uh, he could easily exceed his value there. So that's why I did that. We're already dealing with Angels pitching staff and injuries. Uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but we know this is part of what happens. Uh, we know that uh, Andrew Heaney is already dealing with some elbow inflammation, and he has been shut down. They're saying it's not serious, but you know he's had problems in the past before. So I am a little worried about him, and I do like him, too, which is the unfortunate part because I thought he would have a nice year. Last year, if you ask someone how many innings did Andrew Heaney throw last year, I'm pretty sure everyone will come in on the under. He actually threw 180, so he was pretty durable last year, but not a good start for him here, and I think you do have to push him down the draft board just a little bit. Tyler Skaggs, his teammate, he's been dealing with some forearm soreness But he threw a bullpen session yesterday. They expect him to pitch in a minor league game tomorrow. So he's another guy, too, that's intriguing. Uh, He only threw 125 in the third innings last year, but he struck out 129. Had the ERA slightly over four. But he's another arm that I do like. And we get into that area where we don't expect many of those pitchers to throw beyond 150 innings. That's just the way the game has changed where – teams are going to go to the bullpen quicker, and also durability is a problem for a lot of these pitchers. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, we haven't talked much about this guy, Alex Verdugo. He's someone that I wanted to take in the reserve round in a couple of drafts. I didn't get him, but uh, Dave Roberts said he's going to make the team. Now, obviously, there's not much regular playing time for him there at this point, but you know, if he does get an opportunity and stays hot, there's a chance that you know, he can get every day playing time. So in a 15-team league in the reserve round, We're taking a shot on to see because if there's some injuries there in the outfield, playing time could open up for him. So it's uh, just something to take a look at. Uh, Nicholas Castellanos uh, got hit in the hand the other day, and he hasn't been in the lineup for several days. He's out once again today, but it doesn't appear to be anything serious. So I would not move him down the draft board. Castellanos is always a player that I've liked over the last couple of years. And he winds up on my team. I took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational in the sixth round, which might seem early, but Everyone was pushed up the draft board in that league, and the two outfielders that I wanted were taken right before me. Uh Franmill Reyes, it looks like he's gonna start from what I've seen here. It looks like Margot could be the odd man out. Reyes has big time power. He had a two-run homer yesterday, uh, and he's had a pretty good spring so far. Uh has got big time power, but it looks like he is gonna start. So uh Obviously, there's going to be some playing time risk there because they are crowded in the outfield. And if he gets off to a slow start, always the chance that he gets benched. But uh, certainly big-time power there for Reyes, which we saw last year in his brief stint in the major leagues. He had 16 homers in 87 games for the Padres. Did bat 280. It came with a 345 batting average and balls in play. Uh, he does have the ability to take a walk, does strike out a lot. He's going to have to hit more fly balls for that ratio to continue. He had a 29.6% home run and fly ball rate, but, man, he hits the ball really hard. So that's an intriguing name uh, that's piqued a little bit more interest for me. Um, Austin Hedges had two home runs and five RBIs yesterday, and I feel like everyone is looking at Francisco Mejia as the catcher there, but I think they are concerned with his defense, and Hedges is the better defensive catcher. So I think these two are going to split. So it's going to hurt them in mixed leagues for sure. But, you know, don't dismiss Hedges immediately because I think that they're going to want him in there for his defense. Uh, And Mejia, I'm not sure if they feel like he can be a catcher. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, Marco Gonzalez did not have a good start yesterday. He will start on Wednesday in Japan. He's had a tough time here in the spring. But I'm really not worried about it because we saw last year how effective he could be. So... Really not worried about him. The walks have been a little bit concerned here in the spring, but that's something we didn't see from him last year. So uh, I'm not really worried about it too much, and I do have a couple shares of him. Kyle Seeger had the hand surgery. He's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks. So that's not good. You know, Now we're looking at potentially June, and remember the initial timetable was maybe a month, and that's the lesson where you always have to consider that injuries are going to be extended. And whatever they tell you, always add a couple weeks at a timetable. Jason Kipnis is sitting today with calf tightness. Again, one of these veterans that uh, really not worried about. Also, a report here that Luis Cesa is the leading candidate to open the year as the Yankees' fifth starter. So I think a lot of people were hoping for Domingo Herman or Jonathan Lo- Siga, who really struggled the other day. But Cessa has had a good spring here. Obviously, CC Sabathia will eventually uh, take one of those spots. Uh, He's coming off the knee surgery and also a suspension, so he's going to miss a couple starts at the beginning of the year. And then, of course, we don't know exactly how much time Luis Severino is going to miss. But the Yankee starters definitely have some value because they only need to go like five innings, keep the team in the game, and they could turn it over to that dominant bullpen. And that could be some wins. So you don't want to ignore whoever that fifth starter is, even though it might only be for a couple of weeks. Something to keep in mind for sure. When we return, I'll be joined by Steve Renner, Scout the FS. We'll take a brief look at the NHL schedule tonight and talk some baseball with him. That's ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's calling the shots. Wow, gentlemen, better have a good plan. First, you lose Landon Collins for nothing, and now this. Nick Friend 24. All of a sudden, the Browns are the most interesting team in the NFL. Imagine saying that two years ago. Giants are now clearly rebuilding. They'll be ready to compete again just in time for them to have to pay Saquon
0: Barkley and will have tons of wear and tear on the tires. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fancy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
3: The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. Ten an hour. One person every six minutes. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com.
1: Back here, it is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. It's not too late. Maybe you're a little behind in your baseball prep and your draft is coming up. We got you covered with a a ton of content uh, from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. His breakout sleepers and busts also has a Look at the closers going into the year. I have my preseason pro picks, five late starting pitchers with an ADP of 300 or more. That could be values, uh, five offensive players that are values, and, of course, constant updates on my ranking. So make sure you check it out. Now, joining me, it is Steve Renner. You can find him at scouttfs.com. Steve, what's up?
4: What's going on, Adam? How are we doing?
1: Doing pretty well. well. We'll do a little bit of uh, NHL with you looking at the slate tonight since it is a rather uh, busy night in the NHL, and then we'll talk some baseball and uh, kind of preview MLB DFS, which is just around the corner. So let's kick it off in the NHL tonight. Ten-game uh, slate, is this ideal? Do you feel like you can help the subs get an advantage on this slate since it's more games? So, you know, How do you kind of look at a ten-game slate?
4: Yeah, I'll tell you that the thing with hockey this year is the bigger the bigger the chalk, and we have that tonight. And I think the the simplest way to break this down is as follows: there are two teams, uh, the Sharks and the Lightning, that be really chalky tonight. I think that the the Sharks are going even more popular than, than Tampa, uh, and the reasons for that are you know that they're facing a team in Florida, um, who is playing a rookie goalie, making his third start. Florida has, I think, in like five days, which is always a, a spot you like to attack teams. Anthony Jose is. First Tampa is going on the road and the Sharks uh, looks like Evander Kane is going to be again tonight. So their production really should come from their top line. And when you're getting production from one area, that makes it even more chalky, and, and, and they need to, to, to target. Brent Burns is an expensive defenseman, but I think he's a, a must play tonight, uh, which is hard to say on a 10 game slate, but if you can fit him in, you're going to that. So I love the Sharks. Uh, I know Rob likes the Sharks as well. They're in a great spot. As a player, you go in and you look at this and you say, well, on a big slate, there's going to be other uh, teams that are in good spots. And if they're going to eat up ownership, it's not a bad play to go in and, and kind of fade that chalk. So first decision you got to make today is do, do you want to take what is the, the, the top one? Or do you want to kind of go in and play and say, you know what, I'm going to play not what should happen, but what happen. And tonight's a, an actually a good night for that.
1: And that's always one of the decisions you have to make. It happens in basketball, too, where you're like, okay, we know this is going to be the chalk plays. And we see oftentimes the chalk does not come through. How do you kind of determine on a given night whether you should use some of the chalk or go against it?
4: Well, you typically want to get off the chalk in, in one or two areas, right? And, and with hockey, even baseball, Like even um, I
2: know I heard you
4: talking about one night there was a, a spot with the Warriors, right? And, and you can, there's plenty of options and let's say Curry's going to be really popular, but you're going to get Durant as a ownership. You can do that at a
1: level. All right. Looks, we'll get back Steve in a second. Looks like uh, some of that connection wasn't great, so we'll get Steve back in a second to continue talking some hockey. But, yeah, yeah, that's always decision I'm trying to make in basketball where you know a player is going to be chalking – A lot of times that chalk does not come through. And especially if you're in a tournament, you want to go in a different direction. If it's a cash game, it's all right. If you know that they're going to be highly owned because uh, you'll differentiate yourself in other areas of the field. And if that chalk hits in a cash game, it's fine. I think it's tournaments is where you want to go different. And it's something that, you know, you kind of have to learn to do better. I remember one night Alex Lem was real chalk and he was cheap. And I said, you know what? I have a feeling he's not going to come through. So I went in a different direction. And it worked out because he did not pan out. We're back here talking to Steve Renner. Uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, when this decide to go with the chalk and uh, go against it uh, for hockey.
4: Yeah, so one thing, sorry I lost you there, Adam, but one thing typically really across all sports, but you can get off the chalk when it's the the stud plays. When you get some of these value plays out there, um, usually you don't have as many other options to go to. So I like to, to get off of the chalk if I feel that there's another uh, consistent, reliable option right up top. So if you're talking about good plays, you can fade that chalk because you can fade it for someone else who has kind of a, a high ceiling, whereas if you got a value play that's in a good spot, there might not be many value options there. So tonight, uh, you know, I mentioned that the Sharks are going to be chalky. I think that Tampa is, is going to be right behind them. But two teams that I think are going to come in pretty low on tonight is Boston and Winnipeg. They're playing against each other. Uh, Winnipeg's been playing – Barely floppy on defensive late, and Boston is going to be without one of their best defensemen in, in Torrey Krug. So, that's a good spot to kind of pivot off to tonight for um, for lower ownership uh, with the with the studs
1: out there. Who's in under the radar stack for tonight?
4: Uh, I think the Flyers are actually in a good spot to, to beat the Caps. And the, it's a game the Flyers need. Uh, Carter Hart's going to be in goal for them. It, it's kind of a, a must-win for them to stay in the playoff race and the Caps have started to show a little bit of signs of uh, coming out of their their really hot streak lately, and they're coming off a, a physical game with, with Pittsburgh the other night that really felt like a playoff game, and kind of the wheels just came off them on middle of the game, and I, I think the Caps are going to be sluggish again here tonight. So I think the Flyers are in a good sneaky spot uh, going up against them. The other one out there today is uh, the Predators, and they've been an Achilles heel for me. I've, I've still been chasing them a lot this year because they've – They've had a down season, but um, they've they've mixed their lines up a little bit. And Wayne Simmons, who they've recently acquired, is dirt cheap. He should be on the top line tonight. So uh, I like them going up against the Kings tonight.
1: Who are some of the uh, one-off players that you like tonight?
4: Braden Shen for the Blues, along with Ryan O'Reilly. I think you can go fine with either one as a one-off. I'm going to try to correlate and play them together as, as a center wing combo, but St. Louis had a rough game the other day against Arizona. Um, They're really disappointed, but they're going into Ottawa today, who um, in terms of teams that we want to pick on that just aren't good, that's a really good spot to go into. And then I think if you want to look for some other options out there, the Islanders uh, at home have moved up uh, Matthew Barzal up to the top line. And so him along with Anders Lee uh, would both be good one-off plays against Montreal should be a lower uh, Paced game, but the Islanders have always been better at home this year. So there's a couple guys to look at.
1: Were the Islanders supposed to be this good this year?
4: They weren't. Um, I, I tell you the, um, the, the the big thing there was uh, the, you know the coaching change that they made. And I think a lot of people looked at the fact that they lost Tavares and said, okay, they're they're going to take a step back. But they had some talent last year that just wasn't utilized properly. Um, that said, they they played above their heads and. They're a team um, that I don't think is going to get out of the first round, but we've seen, uh, you know, when they go to Long Island, they they tend to have a good atmosphere there, and they tend to play well there. So they're going to be a a tough out at home, but I just don't see them going deep in the playoffs. Um, They're they're not better than Tampa. They're not better than
1: Toronto, and I don't know in a seven-game series that they could beat the Caps either. As a Rangers fan, I hope you're right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Who are the goalies that you're looking at for tonight?
4: Ben Bishop's on a crazy hot streak, and this is, you know, this has been the trend lately with goalies for the better part of a month and a half. When when a goalie's hot, you ride him. And not only is, is he hot, but the shutout streak going. Uh, but he's going into Minnesota every time that Dallas and, the, and Minnesota have played this year. They've been low scoring games. Minnesota hasn't scored more than three at home in one. I think since like early January. So Ben Bishop's won. I mentioned Carter Hart. Uh, I think the Flyers are going to win tonight. He's he's dirt cheap because he hasn't really played in, in three weeks. He's risky because of that, um, going up against the Caps who don't generate a ton of shots. And then the other one is Casey DeSantis Buffalo's without Jack Eichel, uh, who really generates all their offense. And so uh, he's, he's under 8K on, on DraftKings today. So Pittsburgh going into Buffalo also gets a good spot to get a win.
1: Talking to Steve Renner, scoutdfs.com. Uh, let's talk some baseball now. So we got DFS right around the corner, basically two weeks from today uh so what can people expect from uh scout DFs this year what 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 are the plans
4: so right off the top look we'll have um, a solid team of experts myself, Chris rose who you know had a lot of fun experience last year um uh, Rob Gariak, fantasy bomb two two really sharp data guys um really identify who are the optimal plays each day so you've got the experts there we'll have optimizers and and things of that sort but I'm really excited this year. We're going to do a lot more in the the data and the tools area. We we unveiled some of this kind of middle of last season where we're giving you, here's a pitcher dashboard for the day that shows you based upon the, the pitcher's matchups against lineups as they come in, who has the best uh, matchup to generate strikeouts to get ground balls, things of that sort. And then also for the hitters too, not only, you know, there's the recent hot streaks, but then where are where's the data showing that, that they're going to be able to, to perform? And I think that that's going to Help the users as they do their own research throughout the day to, to really get a solid starting point. Then you can take that along with our expert articles, put it together. We'll be in Slack. We're already in Slack now, talking about the the spring training games and, and kind of debating pitchers and things of that sort. There, so um, really looking to grow on top of the success that we've had in past years, but but also give the, the you know the, the members the ability to to learn some of the stuff on their own and to actually see. Behind the covers, and so you know when we're recommending um, a certain pitcher in a matchup one day, but we don't the next one, you can kind of see why based upon whether is is it his recent form, is it the pitches that he's throwing, is it the matchup and and the ability to generate swings and misses, things of that sort. So, because it really comes into play,
1: and it's a lot to follow throughout the season. Also, uh, you've done uh, several Dongers Club articles. I want to talk about one of them. We already talked about some over-unders for the AL East a couple weeks back, but wanted to take a look at the AL Central now because this is a division that I think a lot of people look at and think it's going to be terrible. Uh, the Indians are, are up top there, but they have a lot of holes. So is this a they team where, where you're looking to take the under on their total? I haven't seen what the latest is. I know when you wrote it, it was 91.
4: Yeah, and, and that's the number that I – look at as well. I haven't double checked it either, but I'm definitely the under. Um, I, I think what we saw last year with Corey Kluber, kind of middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm worried that that's really going to carry over to this year. And I, I, haven't touched Kluber at all in any drafts. Um, I think Carlos Carrasco, who's, who's going to be turning 32 uh, this month, uh, coming off back-to-back heavy workload seasons, has never been a guy that is consistently reliable both um, throughout throughout the course of the season to stay healthy. I'm worried about him. And, you know, you look at – I know Shane Bieber got a lot of hype there. I just think that what we saw last year is actually a team. So, pitching-wise, I think that they're going to take a step back. Bowers is still probably the best arm, as long as he can keep his mental state. You know, they brought yeah, they brought in Bowers. But I think losing Edwin, I think losing Brantley uh, are really going to be two – Key losses for them, and so I've got Cleveland falling back. The hard thing here, I don't know, is who do I like? Who bumps up? And the Twins, to me, are going to hit a ton of home runs when you look at CJ Crone, Nelson, Jonathan Scope, the additions there. I'm hopeful might to be able to, know to put it together, but I'm going to obviously table that for now. If they can get some pitching behind various, the Twins could take this division this year.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I love their offense, and it is a matter of them. Getting some pitching and maybe making some acquisitions, but I think this is a team that definitely can push for it. Uh in the AL West, who are your targets there for the over unders?
4: Well, Houston's number is too high, otherwise I would say take, take the over on, on Houston. They're they're the clear um, you know, darling. and part part of it is that the numbers is so low. And you've got a lineup that, look, it's still going to have Trout in it. I don't know if they're going to hit exceptionally well, but um, I am optimistic on, on Upton. And I think that, you know, Otani, it, it appears he'll be back in the lineup enough this year to help them offensively. And if they can if they can keep guys healthy in the pitching rotation, if, if you know, Cahill and, and Skaggs and Harvey can stay healthy, and, you know, he doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be the dark knight that he was with the Mets three or four years ago. He can just give them ends. Can, can top that number. Um, on the flip side, I don't like anything that Seattle's done. They're in a clear rebuild mode, uh, both, uh, both uh, you know, around the farm system and, and the current roster that they have. And you know, I, I think that the the Diaz loss, you know, trading him away in that deal to the Mets is, is going to hurt their bullpen even more. I mean, he was locked down once he got to the ninth last year. So their number was seventy four point five. It's it came down to. That
1: was the one that initially I said, this is going to be a, a charity. In the NL East, uh, obviously things have really changed with the Phillies making the Bryce Harper signing. They really stocked up in the off season. This seems like it's a real tough division. A lot of teams are in a similar vicinity of numbers. Is there anything that stands out here at all? I know you said a couple of weeks ago, you like the match. Do you still do? <laughs> I do. I still do. And look, we were talking about in DFS,
4: you got to be contrarian sometimes, right? And, you look at what should happen versus what could happen. And I look at Atlanta, and I, I see I, I see too many holes still with the pitching rotation. And and this is before even the recent injuries that they had. I don't think the Phillies have any starters after Aaron Null. Uh, I, I just I, I don't. I, Pavetta is decent. He's nothing more than a three. The wild card to me is the Nationals, if Strasburg and Corbin can stay healthy. But I, I saw holes in all of them. I looked at the Mets, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm big on Alonzo. Um, I'm, I love the DS trade, uh, you know, Cano is, I'm not going to overhype him there, but look at If, if the Grom, Syndergaard and Wheeler pitch every five days, that is as good as a one through three as you can get. And I think that they've improved the bullpen. Confort is a guy that really should start to break out this year. I think, I think that the Mets definitely could take this division where you're going to have everyone beating up on each other with the exception of the Marlins. And it's, it's a contrarian take, but with everyone going to the Phillies and everyone still riding the Braves from last year, I think the Mets are going to surprise people.
1: Yeah, I don't understand. Obviously, with the Phillies making the moves, everyone's on them. I put out a poll on Twitter, I think, a week and a half ago, two weeks. Who's going to win the NL East? The Phillies won overwhelmingly. Second was the Braves. I think – I still think the Nationals are the best team as a Mets fan. I, I The Mets – the Mets are one of those teams where if everything goes right, you could see it, but you could also see them being fourth in this division. That's the way they are.
4: You could. You could, but you could say that about all four teams. I know you're much higher than I am uh, for the Nationals, but let's be honest. If, if the Nationals, if Strasburg gives them a full season and if Corbin comes over and looks up his salary, yes, the Nationals are, are going to be right there because they, they have a better offense than the Mets. Um, they don't Sleep on Diaz. That that kid to me is is, the, is without a doubt the
1: best closer in the game. He has filthy stuff. The big thing is how does he handle blowing a save early in the season because it is a different dynamic pitching <laughs> in New York. If he goes out there opening day at Citi Field and they open on the road, but say his first appearance at Citi Field, he struggles and he blow, he's going to get booed badly. How does he respond from that? Because you know, certain guys can't get it done in New York. He has filthy stuff. There's no doubt about it. But I want to see how he handles if he fails early on.
4: Yeah, without a doubt. So, And, and like I said, I, I have a, had Alonzo down as my, my you know, he's another, you know, another kid that comes up there. Once you get in there and you, you go a week or two without doing anything, you've got to be able to handle that, that environment. It is tough.
1: All right, that is Steve Renner. You can find him, scoutdfs.com. He's there for NHL. And, of course, MLB starting in two weeks. Steve, thanks a lot for the time. We'll talk to you again sometime next week. All right, thanks, Adam. All right, you can check it out, scoutdfs.com. A lot of great tools there. They've been crushing it in NHL this year. He's been winning a ton of money. And when we return, we will wrap it up looking at the night in the NBA. That is ahead right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery free chemicals and a cash discount and with models starting at $4,995 there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub so call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure that's 800-625-4922 thermospots hot tubs designed to improve your life call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of zero percent apr financing fantasy
0: it's a lot different doing an auction in a rotisserie baseball league than in any other league. In a football league, in a points baseball league, a points basketball league. It is entirely different doing it here. Because when you do it in all the other leagues, you can be more flexible because you're just looking for points. You're just looking for the highest score. Here, you need to find particular stats in order to compete. Weekdays, noon Eastern on Tsy Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
1: Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram, at Aaron88, and you can find all my work, sports.com because I want you to dominate and take out your opposition and take home their money, and we are going to help you do that at sports.com. I'm telling you, just go. Look at the draft kit. You can see all the features. There's some free content in there, but if you want the really good stuff, Become a member. And sometimes people complain, oh, this is premium behind a paywall. You get what you pay for. I mean, let's be honest. Some of the free stuff in life, it's not good. You can go anywhere on the internet if you want. I've seen some garbage rankings up there. Some of the content I've seen is absolute garbage. But I do this full time. And the track record speaks for itself. Second in the Fantasy Pro's rankings last year. I had a lot of success in Tout Wars, NFBC, Industry Leagues. So... I'm giving you that information. So become a member today. Use the promo code BATS50. You get 50% off your first two months. You get access to Sean Childs. Again, NFBC Hall of Famer. Plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. Lots of success. Dr. Odo as well. So we got you covered. And, you know, someone on Twitter yesterday was funny because someone said, Oh, I don't see your NL-only auction value. So I sent the link. And he goes, That's premium. And someone responded, I've been with Scout for years. It's great information. It's worth it. And that's what we want to do. You know, you are going to pay some money, of course, but more than likely, you're going to make that money back in the amount you win in your league. Same thing with Scout DFS. So, yes, does it cost something? Yeah, but it's not crazy. It's not like we charge a ton. And more than likely, you're going to get your return on investment. Can never guarantee it. We can't hold your hand, but we can give you as much information as possible and we'll help you throughout the year. And you have access to ask us questions on the message boards and forums. So take advantage of it. Promo code BATS50 gets 50% off your first two months. Antonio Brown is now part of Raider Nation. Odell Beckham Jr. is now part of perhaps the most intriguing NFL team, the Cleveland Browns. Le'Veon Bell is now a New York Jet. And the 2019 NFL Draft is just around the corner. For serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Matic and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Time to take a look at the night in the NBA. Uh, I think seven games slate tonight. Uh, Had a lot of ugly games yesterday, as we predicted. I knew that Miami-Detroit game was going to be ugly. Didn't play anyone in that. Uh, But let's take a look at the slate Tonight. The Thunder coming off a win yesterday against Brooklyn where they trailed most of the game, but they made a nice push and were able to cover. They're in Indiana. Take on the Pacers, 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas totals 218. Pacers favored by one. Markeith Morris is out once again. Uh, By by the way, it's a six-game slate tonight. Uh, So for the Thunder, it's not a great matchup. Pacers play very slow. They're pretty good defensively. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I think there's probably enough value to spend up tonight if you want. one. He's 10-9 on DK, 11-3 on FanDuel, coming off a triple-double. So I think he's in play. Um, I don't think you have to play him tonight. Uh, and it is a back-to-back. And, again, the pace not going to be very high. So uh, I think you can use him, but I don't think he's someone you have to get in. Paul George, I'm still a little concerned about this shoulder. It's a back-to-back, uh, but it's not a bad matchup for him. Uh, And he's going against his former team, so that might help. Uh, So he's 97 on DK10 on FanDuel. And Jeremy Grant, who I did play yesterday with Morris' out. that should help him. He's 49 on DK55 on FanDuel. And I have not been playing Steven Adams. I know yesterday he was going against the Nets and centers have killed Nets, but he just hasn't been great lately. So, I mean, cash game play, sure, but I don't think so. And I think there's just better centers, and we kind of come across that every night, which is probably why I haven't really used Steven Adams much at all lately. For the Pacers, Tyreek Evans is out, and, you know, I was praising the Pacers because for a while, man, they were just playing very well. Even with the loss of Victor Oladipo, I thought they would fall off, and they didn't. But they have started to come back a little bit. Now, they are tied with the Sixers for the third-best record in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to fall behind them. I expect the Sixers to finish strong And, of course, uh, the Celtics are the team, which are just very up and down right now. But the pace is 5-5 over the last 10 games. So uh, they do get the fortune of getting the Thunder on a back-to-back. The Thunder did have to play a competitive game last night. The final score doesn't say it, but the Nets uh, had them for a while. Uh, I really don't use too many pacers uh, miles turner i always like in tournaments especially you know on like dk with the double doubles or site that gives you more for blocks he's 67 on dk 76 on fanduel so i think he's more of a, a play in tournaments uh and if you want to save money at shooting guard wesley matthews is not the worst option 42 on dk 46 on fanduel And uh, Bogdanovic, I think, is not a terrible play in tournaments, but 62 on DK, 67 on FanDuel, which is a little pricey. But, yeah, there's really no one I love here in this game. Uh, I I guess Turner is probably the guy that I like the most if I'm looking anywhere. Uh, Not as much on FanDuel since you can only use one center. Uh, Obviously... Some of the eligibility is different on DraftKings, so sometimes you could use a a few centers uh, depending on if they qualify a power forward or not. So, uh, better on a site like that. I probably don't want to use my one center on Fandalon-Turner tonight. Cleveland is in Orlando to take on the Magic. Uh, Vegas uh, total is 211.5, and and the Magic favored by eight. For the Cavaliers, Larry Nance has been ruled out. I had to drop him in my season-long league today. Uh, Just can't wait around. It's the semifinals, man, and I'm not getting a game today. Don't know if we'll play this weekend. Tristan Thompson's still out, and Della Vadova is out. You know, the Cavaliers have actually been playing well. You know, the other day they were dogged by 15 against the Sixers, and I took them. And uh, they were shorthanded, and it looked bad early on. But they stayed in the game, and they were very competitive. So uh, they they've been doing a nice job. So Kevin Love will play tonight. Uh And his minutes have been a, a little, a right around 30, a little over 30 in a couple games. So, I think you can look at Love tonight. He is expensive, 81 in DK, 87 on Fandles. So, I think he's worthy of a tournament play. Colin Saxon's been playing well. You know, he had two good games in a row, and I was about to play him against the Sixers, and I didn't. I was like, ah, maybe this is the game. He kind of comes down, but he's been playing the minutes, and he's been producing. So, uh, I think he's definitely in play tonight. Uh, Magic, not the best at uh, defending point guard. And Sexton's 5,000 on DK and 58 on FanDuel. He is kind of relying on scoring, but he's been getting it done. Uh, Seti Osman has been pretty good. And feel like no one plays him that much. Uh, he's 57 on DK, 63 on FanDuel. So, I think he's in play. And... Uh, Jordan Clarkson, always a play in tournaments. I haven't been using him much lately, but he's always capable of going off. 51 on DK, 52 on FanDuel. uh, As the Magic are coming off a game last night where they were on the road in Washington and lost. Uh, Important game for the Magic, who are now three games uh, behind the Heat in the loss column. Uh, So they really need to get going here. This is a game they have to win. Uh, It's a a game that they should be able to win, uh, but they... Just have not been great lately. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, obviously, really good play, especially on DK. He's 9,200 there. More expensive on FanDuel at ten five. So, you know, Vucevic is just very safe every night, and he always has big upside. So, I think he should have a big game tonight. I almost used DJ Augustine yesterday on Yahoo, but I thought he was going to be chalk, and I didn't want to go there, and he was okay. Uh, but he's 44 in DK, 46 on FanDuel. It's a good matchup, so if you need to save money there, you can use him. I never use Terrence Ross. And then I always see the games where he blows up. Uh, he is a tournament play, clearly. Uh, and if the Magic can control this game, maybe Ross sees more time off the bench in garbage time. He's 53 on DK, 59 on Fandle. But just understand the floor is very low. Uh, he's clearly a boomer bus play. If that shot is on, he could definitely go off. Uh, used Jonathan Isaac yesterday. Uh, he was okay. I uh, like his price on DK at fifty two. Uh, and Aaron Gordon, certainly always someone you could look at in tournament 65, 73 on Fanduel. So it's a good matchup for the magic. We'll see if they can take advantage of it. I think Cleveland keeps this game close though. They just, that's what they've been doing lately. I think a lot of people expected them to be up, blown out by Philly the other night and they were not, they were at it till the end of the game. The Kings are in Boston. Take on the Celtics, 7:30 PM Eastern Celtics favored by eight Vegas total is 227 uh it looks like uh Marvin Bagley could return tonight which obviously is a problem for someone like uh the Manja who's been a really good value recently but we've seen when Bagley is there he doesn't go I I wanted to pick up Belita because he has three games in the next four for a season-long league, but I saw that Bagley could be back so I I decided not to do it someone else did and it might work out because there's three games over the next four days which is a nice advantage but uh Bagley was crushing before he got hurt I want to wait and see if there's a minutes limit on him. He's 61 on DK, 65 on FanDuel, and obviously it's not a great matchup. Um, The Kings, obviously, too, are kind of falling back to the pack. They look like they were going to be potentially in the playoff hunt, but uh, Clippers have kind of been playing very well and pushed the Kings back. So I'm just uh, worried about the minutes distribution here if Bagley does return. I think Buddy Hill is always in play in tournaments because he could go off 68 on FanDuel, 73 on DK. Barnes is a player I never use, but he does, uh, could produce here and play big minutes. So maybe he's in play. I just, I can never use him. But uh, Bagley is the guy I think you want to look out for to see what they say as far as his minutes. And uh, he might be someone you don't go to tonight. Maybe you want to see him back on the court, see the minutes back. But I think Bagley is a guy that we can look at here down the stretch in TFS. Uh, Jason Tatum looks like he's going to return. I see Marcus Smart is listed as questionable. So that's something to pay attention to there because if he is out, that could open up some minutes for Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. Uh, so those would be guys I look at. Kyrie Irvin, always a good play in tournaments. It seems like people don't want to play him. It's a really good matchup here for him. So he could go off. Uh, and I don't know if he'll be highly old tonight. Uh, and Al Horford, you know, he hasn't been playing well lately, but I like his price. And the Kings are, are pretty bad against centers and rebounding. So uh, I, I could use Horford on DraftKings where he's one of those guys that has the forward center eligibility. He's 6,300, so I think you could look at him in tournaments. So basically you're kind of waiting here to see what happens with um, Marcus Smart and see if he can go tonight. The Lakers are in Toronto to take on the Raptors, 8 p.m. Eastern. Toronto's favored by 10. Vegas totals 232.5. Lance Stevenson, Josh Hart, Tyson Chandler, all questionable for the Lakers, who obviously have kind of fallen apart here. Uh, it's hard for me to play LeBron James because of the minutes here. And you just don't know I mean, he's going to play. And they said that they would reduce the minutes. And, you know, he's been in around the 30, 31-minute range. So if this game is not close, it could be less. So that's the problem with him and a lot of the problem with the Lakers right now, especially if they get these guys back. I think Kyle Kuzma in play uh, 63 on DK, 65 on FanDuel. And I guess Javal McGee would be someone you could potentially look at for 4,300 on DK, 48 on Fandle. But, yeah, all the Lakers kind of right now to me are risky. Uh, you know, Rajon Rondo has been playing well, so maybe you could look at him in tournaments. He's 68 on DK, 72 on Fandle, but all are risky for me. Serge Ibaka's out with the suspension. Kyle Lowry and Danny Green are listed as questionable. Man, I could see them resting guys here because it is the Lakers. So I'm a little concerned about that. Haven't seen any Vegas line movement yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lowry is out. Uh, it's a really good matchup for him. But if Lowry's out, Jeremy Lin, you're going to get him in the lineup for sure. Uh, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, I never know when he's going to play. Uh, I don't want to spend up on him, though. Again, it is a good matchup. but wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think Pascal Siakam's a good play here tonight. I think he could really have a big game. 69 on DK78 on FanDuel. So keep an eye on Kyle Lowry because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. You know, the... Raptors are in a good spot, and they should be able to beat the Lakers without him, although they've had some up and down games lately. Lynn is 38 on DK, 35 on FanDuel, so he would become a very popular play tonight if we do indeed get news that Kyle Lowry is ruled out. So pay attention to that. Minnesota is in Utah to take on the Jazz. 9 p.m. Eastern, Utah favored by 8.5. They won last night against Phoenix. Uh, the Timberwolves uh, have some injury concerns, uh, and the total here is 221.5. Um, we got Andrew Wiggins is questionable. Derek Rose is questionable. Teague is questionable. So, you know, we had that news the other night. Tyus Jones, uh, was cheap, didn't have the greatest game, but I did pick him up in a season long league. Uh, so if Teague and Rose are out, I think you play Tyus Jones. If one plays, then he won't be as, uh, appealing. Uh, if Andrew Wiggins is out, uh, Kata Bates-Diop would be a decent option. I did use him the other night. He was okay. Uh, not the greatest matchup here against Utah. They're a pretty good defensive team. So that's another game where we're kind of waiting for the news. Uh, if uh, yeah, I think if Teague is out, Tyus Jones is in play, and he has 42 on DK, 44 on Fandle. So hopefully we get that news early enough. It is 9 p.m. Eastern, so we might not. Minnesota's kind of out of it, so I'm a little worried about maybe them – pushing teague i think they don't have the need to do it and that's why i think he might be out not sure about wiggins so that's something you need to pay attention to for the jazz uh they are fighting for seating there in the west and uh rubio came back yesterday only played 22 minutes so he might be limited again tonight so pay attention to see if we get any news on that obviously Donovan Mitchell is really better when at, without Rubio, but I think you could use him in tournaments because people are well with that, and they might not use him much. He's too expensive on FanDuel, 9,800, or in play uh, on DraftKings at 83. Like Rudy Gobert tonight, he's in a spot where he should put up big numbers, especially on DK, where he's 8,000. Derek Favors had a really nice game last night, so I think you could use him in tournaments, especially on DK at 5,564 on FanDuel. So Minnesota is a terrible defensive team, and obviously... Uh, if they're missing pieces, it could be a potential blowout tonight where a lot of the Jazz starters can feast. And the final game of the night, Dallas is in Denver to take on the Nuggets. Nuggets favored by 11. Vegas totals 220.5. Uh, Luka Doncic is in play, but he said he's not been 100%. He's trying to play through it. He was awful from the free throw line the other night. But he is cheap uh, on DraftKings, 8,496 on FanDuel. So I'm a little concerned about him. Uh, so I'm not looking to get him in. Uh, Jalen Brunson's coming off a great game the other night. Uh, he's 53 on DK, 59 on Fandle. Mm, don't love him. You can continue, con- uh, consider him. Maxi Kleber uh, is back, and he's been playing pretty well, and uh, they might need him against the Denver big, so he could play a decent amount of minutes tonight. And he's 37 on DK, 39 on Fanduel, so that's a decent pump play. For Denver, obviously, deep rotation here. Gary Harris is still cheap. I know he hasn't been great, but he's 3,900 on DK, 49 on Fanduel, so you can look at him. Jokic definitely in play in tournaments as well as Millsap, and they are not going to have Isaiah Thomas in the rotation anymore, so that is good news for a guy like Monty Morris, especially if this is a blowout. He could be a guy that plays a good amount of minutes, and he always produces, 35 on DK, 39 on Fandle. And uh, Paul Millsap also in play, 66 on DK, 69 on Vandal. That wraps it up here. If you have a draft this weekend, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. You get 50% off your first two months. Get my updated rankings. That wraps it up here. No show tomorrow, but we will be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. Adam Ronis here for Scout Fantasy Sports.